Dagon's Illusion, Episode 18, Rage. Robert Dagon was rummaging through a huge trunk in the storage room of his apartment. His head felt like it was splitting open and he was in a foul mood. Junk, trash, crap, why do I keep all of this garbage? Beneath an array of ropes, chains, handcuffs, leg irons, and other arcane paraphernalia, he found what he was looking for, the posy straitjacket. Dragging out the heavy thing, he turned to leave. But the moment he opened the door, something large flew through the air and struck him in the head, knocking him down. Dazed and bleeding, he scrabbled around the floor, groping for his flashlight, which had turned off. When he couldn't find it, he pounded and cursed. With blood streaming into his eyes, he looked up. His apartment was gone. He was kneeling in the long hall that led to the bedroom of Melissa Marin. But now the hurricane was here too. All the windows were smashed and rain pounded on the walls. The carved door crashed back and forth as though beating itself to death. In a rage, Dagon pulled himself up. I am sick of this! You want to screw with me? Damn you, let's get it on! He stumbled down the hall, slipping and lurching on the broken glass. But when he entered the bedroom, he stopped. The heavy drapes that had covered the windows were blowing in tatters. In front of him loomed the giant bed, its canopy flapping in the wind. And there was a shape on it. A body. As thunder shook the house, Dagon walked over. It wasn't Melissa Marin. In the lightning flashes, he saw the beautiful woman in the wedding photograph. Her eyes were open. A fresh bullet wound was in her forehead. Dagon screamed. Instantly, the room went black. When the lightning flashes returned, the body was gone. Where it had been lay the photograph. Grabbing it, Dagon rushed from the room. When he entered what had been the hall, he was back in his apartment. He almost fell over the straitjacket. Next to it was the flashlight, which was back on. Scooping them up, he fought his way through the wind to the attic stairs. A few moments later, he flopped like a wounded dog into the huge room. Joshua squinted at him. Hmm, appears things didn't go so good down there. Shut up. Better take care of that bleeding. Looks like a gusher. I said shut up. Dragging himself to his feet, Dagan dropped the photograph on a chair. Staples picked it up. Oh, one of those. Me and my ex did that once out in Dodge City. Got all dressed up in Old West duds. She was a saloon whore and I was a gambler. Come to think of it, that kind of told the story of our marriage. Anyway, that was our last vacation before I entered an extended fugue state, during which she took advantage of my impaired faculties to cash in my 401k and run off with my VA psychiatrist. And people say the government don't help vets. Put that down and give me a hand. Dagan lifted the girl. Together they bound her in the straitjacket. So I guess your wife got out of town before the big blow, smart lady. Dagan turned and stared at him. You want to know about my wife? Why don't you tell me what happened to my wife? Hey, take it easy. I was just being friendly. You feeling okay, Mr. Dagan? I feel like crap. What happened to her staples? What happened to my wife? Now why would I know anything about that? Because I am getting a cosmic screwing and you are part of it. The cosmos screws everybody, sir. It's called torsion physics. Of course, some people call it scalar, but I call it torsion. 
No, 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 none of your garbage. I saw you over there. You were the butler, and I've never seen you there before. Who the hell are you? What you mean by over there? I ain't got a clue, and I never buttled anybody. All joking aside, looks to me like you got your brains concussed again. Two in one night ain't so good. Suddenly the girl's eyes flickered open. There you went and woke up our friend. She tried to move. When she couldn't, she started struggling. Dripping blood, Dagon bent over her. Okay, miss. Just take it easy. You're all right. Nobody's going to hurt you. I'm Robert Dagon. You're in the attic of my home. There's a hurricane outside. You had some kind of seizure. We put you in this jacket so you wouldn't hurt yourself. Can you tell me your name? She began sobbing. Don't cry. You're going to be okay. Trying to comfort her, he touched her shoulder. This made her shriek and thrash. Well, you got a special way with the ladies, Mr. Dagan. Might help if it didn't look like you just got yourself whacked with an axe. You're bleeding all over her. Dagan stepped back. Wiping off the blood, he tried again. Please, miss, we want to help you, but you've got to stop screaming and answer some questions. But she didn't stop. She screamed louder until her shrieks almost drowned out the storm, which made Dagon's headache much worse. Minutes passed and the screaming continued. Dagon paced back and forth, holding his head. How long can she keep this up? Oh, when I was in the nuthouse, I saw people shriek for days, weeks, hardly took a breath. After a while, you just wanted to kill them. What we need is some hooch. Some what? Some booze. You want to get drunk? It's not for me, it's for her. You want to get her drunk? Not drunk, just peaceful. That comes from your advanced medical training? No, it comes from dealing with a whole pack of freaked out winos. She's not a freaked out wino. Whiskey's good for zombies too. Zombies? You didn't like vampires, so I thought I'd try a different category. God help me, I'm stuck with a shrieking madwoman and a homeless lunatic. Dagon rushed off into a far corner. Once again, I will simply overlook your non-inclusive discriminatory attitude. After listening to ten more minutes of screaming, Dagon headed for the stairs. Where are you going? Where do you think to get her drunk? Now you're acting like a medical professional. I'll go with you just to make sure you don't bash your head. The hell you will, you're staying right here. In a murderous mood, he stalked out of the attic. Mumbling the grossest obscenities he could think of, Dagon groped his way down the mansion stairs, trying to shield his head from the flying debris. Finally, he made it to the dinner club. It was a raging mess. The floor was covered with glass and all the tables had been smashed. Next to the bar stood a door blocked by a pile of broken chairs. Dragging them away, he pulled out a key and fumbled it into the lock. The door opened, revealing a spacious liquor closet. He entered, shining his flashlight on hundreds of bottles neatly arranged on shelves. From a top shelf, Dagan removed a fifth of scotch. He was about to leave when he paused. Opening the bottle, he took a long slug. Then he turned to go. But before he could reach the door, it slammed shut. When he tried to open it, it was locked. What the blazing hell? This is impossible! I've got the key! He pounded and screamed. In the blowing darkness of the room outside, something became visible. For a moment, a vague form appeared, blurred and streaked in the wind. Then, as the storm howled, it shrunk into a knot of shadows and disappeared.
The girl in the straitjacket was still screaming. Joshua sat with his feet propped up and his fingers laced behind his head. Yes, sir, Lord, there's nothing I like better than spending a night with a whacked-out magician and a wailing banshee. You did promise me that I wouldn't get no more assignments in nuthouses. While technically this ain't a nuthouse, the case could be made that it's a whole lot worse. He looked at his watch. Now where is that jackass? He should have been back by now. Probably got his brains splattered. Not that the world wouldn't be better off without him. But that ain't my call. If you want my opinion, Lord, and I know it's not something you ask for often, but I'll give it to you anyway. This concept of grace for stupid people needs some serious revision. He sighed. I guess I'd better go down and find out what that fool is up to. Heading for the stairs, he called over his shoulder. You just hang tight in that comfortable jacket, sweetie. Scream all you want. Good way to let off steam. We'll be back with something that'll make things a lot smoother. But the instant the door closed, the girl's shrieking stopped. She lay as though in a trance. Suddenly in the darkness across the room appeared a tiny flicker of light. A moment later it came again. The third time she turned her head to look at it. The flicker was like a little star flashing in an empty universe. Deep in the stacks of magic equipment stood an antique illusion. Mounted on a platform was a huge mirror in an ornate Victorian frame. The flickering light was coming from inside the glass. As thunder roared and rain pounded, it grew brighter and larger until the whole attic glistened with shimmering rays. Slowly the light left the frame and glided out into the room. The girl stared as it came closer. Finally it stopped beside her and she was bathed in soft radiance. As she looked up into it, her eyes filled with tears. Hands reached down and touched the straitjacket. It fell from her. Then gently she was lifted into the air and carried back to the frame. For a moment the light lingered in front of the glass. The girl laughed as she felt herself passing through. Inside the mirror appeared a crystal staircase leading up into starry darkness. She was carried toward it. Held in arms of flashing splendor, she rose up the stairs. In the darkness, the stars began singing, and the vision faded away. Reflected in the mirror were only the shadows of the old attic. I'm looking for you! Where are you, Mr. Dagan? Joshua Staples fought his way through the wind on the second floor of the mansion. Between lightning flashes, he saw a dim glow coming from under a door beside the bar. Oh, there you are! Pushing through the debris, he tried to open it, but it was locked. Okay, Dagon, I know you're in there. Open up. It ain't good to drink alone. From the other side came a faint voice. Where have you been? Where have I been? I'm locked in. Look down at the floor. I'm going to slide you the key. If you're in there with the key, how come you can't get out? Just watch for it. Staples knelt. The key slid through the crack. Picking it up, he struggled to his feet and was about to stick it in the lock when he was lifted and smashed into a wall. Holding him was an immense monster with wild, dripping hair. The monster threw him down and landed on top of him. With his filthy hair and dripping face inches away, Eustace yelled, Boozer Stealer! Boozer Stealer! Caught you! Caught you! Nah! Nah! Nah!